Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. We're back, baby! We're playing hands ball, people. We're back. It's the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and this week I have a friend. Hello, Stefan. Hello, mate. Thanks for coming. Everyone calls me loner. I'm sorry about last week, mate. I know that was. It was very frustrating. It was last minute. I'm. Uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. No, no, I, I wouldn't get any. I was more just generally happy I have a friend because <laughs> we, we were surname like Jones. He gets changed to Joner, then Loner. And basically, it was very sad. Loner, Joner, last week. It was a good <sighs> podcast, though. You did well. Yeah, you've got to say that, or else I wouldn't invite you back. No, you mentioned <laughs> the fact you were on your own a few times, but apart from that, really well, good podcast. Well, I was. I was on my own a few times. <laughs> the problem is, I end up like talking to myself, and I end up sort of answering, and that's worrying. Yeah. Like, oh, but you anyone... didn't go to random accents. Like, I was expecting you to do a phone in or something. Well, yeah, yeah. One of my favourite films is Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. And it's the DJ, Adrian Cronauer, Robin Williams. Yes. And he, he does this show basically by himself and he does all this stuff, all these voices and everything. And I often look at that and think, oh, that could be funny. That could be really funny. And, I, and if I've ever got caught in that situation where I've got to do a show on my own, I do think to myself, oh, that could, that could be a laugh. But then also I think people will just think I'm mental. Like I genuinely could get like a phone call afterwards like, hello, I'm from your local health. <laughs> We're here to check on you. <laughs> yeah. How many voices do you hear in your head, Sam? <laughs> um, several hundred. Today or? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't worry. It's just the voices. Uh, but yes, uh, Angeball is back. Um, I'm delighted to say because... I have to admit to everybody listening that going into the Manchester City away with a scratch side where we can't name a full bench, we have to name two goalkeepers, where the fitness levels of those who are playing is also in question due to several knocks from training and muscle injuries and stuff. Yep. I was expecting a, a, a quite serious hiding. Um, I'd kind of accepted it. I'd kind of gone into it thinking... We we play the way we play now. Yep. Mate. Um, that means that whilst we are developing a top, you know, the players in all the right positions to play this way, perhaps every now and again, we're going to be on the wrong end of one. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you got Man to expect City, it, haven't you? Man City away, it's going to be the wrong end of one. And the pundits, uh, to a man and woman, were predicting if Tottenham go there and play their high line they're going to be hammered quite convincingly um, I think one jackass on talk shite said that the game would be dead by half time if we tried to play the same way at the Etihad as we do everywhere else but that's just um, how we play mate that is just how we play mate so my opening question to you and I'd love your opinion on this because I um I find myself rattled by this, uh, mm-hmm. and I want to know your thoughts. In football, 
Yep. Have you ever known a manager asked on a more regular basis if he's going to change his philosophy than what Ange has been asked in these last couple of weeks? No, and it's crazy because you look at people like Pep, Pep for example. Mm. Um, you know, every time they play at the uh, the renamed Decayad, yeah, um, they play the same style, and he's always kind of played the same style, and yep. then he evolves and he plays the same style with a tweak, yeah, and no one ever goes, oh, but you you tried that tweak, it didn't work, so you're gonna go back to the old way, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. Yeah. No one ever asks. They just kind of go, "Ah, oh, but Pep does it. It's fine." Yeah. Ange comes along, and big Ange, you know, that's the way we play, mate. And he plays the way he plays, and everyone's like, "Oh, you need to change that." Oh, you need yeah. to change that. It's like, why? What? Why? Just because he's the top manager, he has to change? Like, why? I I feel like uh, I mean the, the argument you've used there. The, the thing is, with Pep, Pep's won stuff every season for the last I don't know how many seasons with Man City. Yep. And obviously his CV as a manager is trophy-laden with Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Yep. Now, Ange has come into the Premier League. He's at a club that isn't trophy-laden. It isn't one of the typical sides that win stuff every season. We're not going to hammer a billion on transfers like, like Pep did to build the team that wins everything. No, but Everybody we have got a go-kart track. <laughs> An F1 F one go contract. Yeah. That's really important. You you, you get that in. Um, yeah. But one of the things, like, so for me, what was getting to me is not so much like the Pep comparison. You know, just copying Pep, mate. But I actually, love that. that was still one of my favourite interview answers ever. <laughs> now I'm just copying Pep, mate. So so where were all the journalists asking Antonio Conte last season when we weren't weren't winning games and playing this negative shite? Why yeah. weren't any of them saying to him? Uh, are you going to change things? Because clearly you're not getting the results and the, the football is dull as shit, basically. Not one yeah. journalist called him out on it. Now, no. again, you could argue, oh, yeah, but Conte's got a CV. Well, I'm sorry, but just won stuff everywhere he's been as well. Yes. But there's this kind of inherent bias that if you don't win stuff in England, you're shit. And, oh, yeah, yeah but you can't do that in England. Yeah, but you won't be able to do that in the Premier League. Well, yeah. Why? We are. You know, he's come in and, you know, you look at, um, uh, is it is it Zerba for Brighton? Yes. Who Deserba, took over yeah. uh, a side I can't pronounce in Italy, Sassula? Yep. <laughs> are you just saying yes because I'm right? Or are you just like, yeah, go for Sassula. it? Sassula. Yeah, Sassula. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, them. Those guys. I know what you mean. Yeah. And he played his brand of football there. That's why Brighton picked him up. He has his style. It fits him with what Brighton wanted in their model. And he's continued to do that. And he's praised beyond belief. And he's yeah. now being, not Constantly. by the clubs, but by journalists yeah. being lined up for United, Barcelona, yeah. Real Madrid. Big time, yeah. So, not, not by Real Madrid, Barcelona or Man United, but by the journalists saying he should be going oh, to them. Look at the job. <laughs> look at the way they play football. Look how great it is. Look how amazing he is. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I have got no problem with that. I think he has got them playing a great brand of football. Yeah. What's the main difference between him and Ange? It's their nationality. And there's this weird bias that has just suddenly appeared in the media where Zerba, oh yeah, he's from a recognised football country. 
But Ange, he's an Aussie. Um, What's he doing? Oh, this is stupid. Oh, you can't play like that. Oh, you can't go play Man City and try and play football. Why? Brighton go to the Etihad and play their way, and they get praised. Yeah. Oh, the Brighton play their way. They made it a good game. Arteta, Arsenal. They they went to Etihad and played their way. Klopp at Liverpool. They go to the Etihad and play their way. Tottenham go there. Oh, they're idiots. Yes, it's so, so it's really almost like we're off. watching a live t- a live version of Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, it actually this is. clown knows nothing. Surely, oh, we're doing all right though. <laughs> we're yeah, doing no, all that's, right. that's actually a really fair point. Uh, genuinely, if anyone hasn't watched Ted Lasso, the TV series, it's an Apple TV exclusive show based off a comedy sketch at Tottenham years ago. Actually, funnily enough. Yeah, uh, but it's basically a U.S. Uh, American football coach gets brought into a fictional Premier League team called AFC Richmond. He's never coached soccer before, and he's learning as he goes. But he's just a great coach of people. He is a great man manager of people, and he motivates the side and turns it around. In three series seasons later, they are pushing for cups and trophies, and they're playing the best football in the league. Yeah, and you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you've not seen it. And there's, the show's brilliant. If you haven't seen it, try and find it and check it out. But, of course, there is that kind of... It is a comedy, so a lot of it is played up to kicks. Like, the journalists, like, oh, what do you know? Yeehaw, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you just look at this with Andrew, and they're, they're, you know, even... There's, like, some journalist for The Guardian the other day was having a go at him. And, and I was listening, and someone uh, clipped it from a podcast. Hmm. Uh, Jonathan Liu, I think the guy's name is... And he basically said he's fake. He's full of it. And I was, I was listening. What, and like, yeah. And I was listening. I was thinking, hang on. He's like, oh, people seem to like him because all they hear are these little clips and sound bites. And then the, this journalist for The Guardian then went on to mimic an Aussie accent and talk about, oh, you know, I, I do it for my dad, mate. Like, I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? Wow. <laughs> And that's a like, paid journalist, like a professional. Yeah, that is his job. Wow. Like I, I, I mean, I, I am a podcaster. I, I run our Facebook page, Spurs News. I am someone who's in the fandom community. I do cringe a lot at my fellow members of this community because, and also calling it a community, I just cringed. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know what I mean by that. It's like I look at like fan TV, for example, as awful. Um, and that's no disrespect to anyone who does it, but I, I personally find it cringe terrible. Yeah. I think Arsenal fan TV is a hell of a lot to answer for because I genuinely believe that the popularity of Arsenal fan TV is what has brought down punditry in this country because I believe that TV networks look at, looked at that and went, oh, so people don't want analysis and unbiased opinion. They want rants and they want this what they seem to what they seem to be completely forgetting is the vast majority of arsenal fan tv views were other fans watching the meltdown because it was hilarious yeah oh the like, amount of times i watch it because they lost yeah yeah mate arsenal lost and arsenal fan tv was trending and i guarantee you 99 percent of the tweets weren't arsenal fans no they were other fans going oh arsenal fan tv and chill this is going to be brilliant they lost again Let's watch these guys completely lose their minds. And it was entertaining. Like, I'll sit back and I'll hold my hands up. I thought it was hilarious. I used to get sent clips all the time and I'd be crying laughing. 
Yeah. Like laughing at these guys just losing their damn minds. But what a lot of people seem to have forgotten is the guys behind that, Arsenal Fan TV, were basically making a shitload of money out of their team losing. Like Arsenal yeah. won, and they'd probably get a couple of hundred thousand views of Arsenal fans like, yay, we won. Arsenal yeah. lost, they had a few million. Oh, yeah. So, which way were they hoping the result would go? <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, I, I genuinely believe Fan TV, Arsenal Fan TV's got a lot to answer for, and Fan TV then grew out of that. You got the guy, uh, Goldbridge, Goldberg, I don't know his name from Man United. Oh, who, yeah. Who I, I see clips of on a regular basis, and... Uh, you know, like anything, the, the guy's got opinions. So every now and again, I think, oh, yeah, that's a fair point. Other times, I think, God, you just said that for a reaction, haven't you? I mean, he's he's so... I, I find him quite funny, but he is so over the top. But yeah. he's over the top because that's kind of what the character now is that he has yeah. created, and that's what people watch. Like, yeah. to the extent there was a charity football game, and he was the manager of one of the charity teams. Yeah. Purely because of what he's done now, like... Looking at what the world classifies as celebrities now, yeah, he'll be on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of it soon. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, <laughs> if he's linked to it. Oh, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. I think one of Arsenal fan TVs went into Celebrity Big Brother. I think. Um, yeah. So look, I, uh, Mate, I we're close. A... We're close. I'm going to be on a push Tucker trial soon. Hey, you were on an Amazon documentary. I know. We don't talk about that. Cause... Fucking bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not over that. Every time I think I'm over it, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> God. Anyway, um, so uh, thank you for indulging me for a quarter of an hour rant. <laughs> um, uh, we are going to talk about football now. Uh, Manchester City 3, Tottenham Hotspur 3. Mate, yeah. if I'd said to you before kickoff, this is going to be a free-free draw, would you, I mean, you might have just gone, oh, maybe, stranger things have happened, but genuinely, I don't think either of us could have predicted that. So, I actually put a comment on the post for, on the Spurs news page. Yep. Uh, I put a post on there, and I think, <clears throat> paraphrasing what I put, I basically said, look, this could be, you know, I'm fully expecting a defeat, uh, possibly quite a heavy one. Yes. However, as long as we go there... And we play the way Ange wants us to play. And we give it a proper go to the last minute. And we leave everything on the field. Yeah. It's a progression season. So let's just have yeah. some fun. And yeah. that was kind of, you know, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting to lose possibly a drubbing. But to really hope that we still played the style of football. And it showed some signs of encouragement for, oh yeah. We may have lost 4-0 at City, but yeah. imagine if we'd have had Van der Ven playing and Madison playing, oh, we yeah. could have possibly, you know, we could have done some damage. We had some chances, you know. Yeah. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, no, well, uh, that's fair. I think that was a good hope. Um, so for comedy purposes, uh, I think you'll quite like this. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine's um, a big Man City fan, right? Oh, dear. Um, and so we were bouncing messages backwards and forwards during the game. Yeah. So I'm just going to read a selection of these messages to you. So uh, me to him. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, apologies, right? Him to me. I knew Sonny would score against us. Can't believe it. 1-0 down. You must be laughing. I replied, 
Not really laughing, mate. I scoring first against you lot's just gonna piss you off. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe thirty seconds after I sent that, uh Sonny scored an own goal. I mean, and what I, a nice guy Sonny is. Like he, he doesn't he just is. score for us, he scores for them as well. Love You know guy. like when when we used to have that bloke who came through the academy, um oh he was a forward, scored a few goals for us. Um Candy Cane or something. Plays yeah. in Germany now. Yeah, yeah. I think his name was Charlie Kane. I, I can't remember exactly what Something his name like was. That, yeah. he, um, he, he used to like, when he was with us, it was like records every week. It was like, oh, the first player to do this, first player to do that. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember him. Fairly confident that Son is gone. Well, I can do that. So yeah. it's like, well, here's a goal. Here's an own goal right now. If I get an assist, Bob Schrunkle, first player to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so, so Sonny then scores the own goal. And I get through this message, you're in trouble now. Right, I, yeah. I I didn't reply because I'm just kind of keeping my head down. I'm expecting <laughs> a battering, right? The floodgates have opened. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, right. It's now two one to them. I get the way you're defending. This could be seven or eight. Hope you're hope you're ready for a rimming. I'm not oh. entirely sure he meant rimming. I think he might have meant reaming. Yeah. Um, but again, I didn't reply because I was like, no, this is no, this is bad. It gets this is going to get worse. Yeah, it gets to halftime. It's two one, right? I've watched Haaland miss chances. I can't believe no! Haaland's missed. Like Some I am just in yeah. shock. Right? The open goal that goes wide, yeah. and you're like, "Wait a minute, is yeah, Haaland what, what, a Spurs fan? Like, what's going yeah. on?" <laughs> I am starting to wonder. I used to sign him a lot for Tottenham, the football manager. Maybe he knows. Maybe in his yeah. soul, he knows. So, at halftime, I send. Genuinely can't believe it's two one. Still. Uh, is Haaland okay, hun? <laughs> yeah. And I got back, you're going to get battered in the second half. I hope you know this. So I was like, probably. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not engaging in this. What happens then, which of course we're not aware of, is Ange Postacoglu absolutely fires into the Tottenham team and basically then gives a team talk that every player has since spoken to a journalist about this being like, wow, <laughs> it was next level. Yeah. And Kulisevsky, I think, nailed it the most when he said it was the first time we'd seen him actually genuinely angry at us, which was a little bit of a shock. But yeah. he was angry because we weren't playing. <laughs> we weren't taking the risks. We weren't doing the things he tells us to do. Yeah. He was like, you're you're playing scared. He's like, if you go out there and you play the way I'm telling you to play and you lose the ball, you concede a goal. We lose 8-1. That is on me. None of you need to be afraid. And they went out and they played, right? Yep. Now, just before we go into my message for the second half and what happened in the second half, can you... Just the contrast of that messaging compared to Jose, Conte, and the other bloke. Yep. Where me, you, Matt, everyone on this podcast at different times has said our players look afraid to try things. Yeah. Because they're worried if they try it and fail, they're going to get destroyed by the manager. Yep. And then compare that with Anne saying, it's all on me. You make a mistake trying to do what I told you to do, that's me. I'm, I'll be in front of the media, not you. I'll be the one answering the questions, not you. Yeah. Go out and play. 
I mean, like, to me, I'm like, wow. It's, we, yeah. we know it's never going to happen, okay? And we know it's never going to happen. But could you imagine Deli Alley was at Tottenham and he has yeah. been given that message at half time? Yeah. Can you yeah, imagine, yeah. like, instead of where he had Jose and Conte who refused to let him do anything? Yeah. I don't even think... Did he have Conte or did he leave under Jose? No, no, I don't think he... I don't think he had Conte. He, he survived no. that one. He dodged it. Yeah, but can you imagine if he had have had a manager back then when he was struggling a bit with form yep. and he had a manager like Ange to put an arm around him and go, mate, just go out there, do your thing. I'm telling yeah. you to play this way. You lose the ball, I'll tell the media, yeah, but I told you to do it. Yeah. Crack on. And you can see the confidence in the players. Like Kuliseski yeah. and stuff, you can see it in the way he played. Yeah. Yeah, massively. He went, you really okay. can. You like the, just the trying things, trying yeah. to play the way out of certain situations which they shouldn't, trying to beat a player which probably possibly they shouldn't, trying to do different <laughs> things. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it ain't always going to work. And there's a perfect example in the second half of Basuma trying one too many things, losing the ball yeah. and us conceding. But that was frustrating. But uh, mate, mate, it's frustrating. It's... But it's an individual thing. That, that yeah. this is the he wants the players to take that on. He yeah. wants the players because. If he did, right, just, it's going to sound really stupid, but if he managed to do that, he, in that one move, would have taken three players out of the game. Yep. And then there was loads of space. Now, one, I know two we lost passes and we're up at the yeah. box. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know we lost the ball there and I know we conceded and everyone's angry and frustrated. Oh, you know, we've done that. But just look at it the other way, which is that was a couple of inches away from going between that guy's legs and him being able to storm forward with about four Tottenham players ahead of him, that 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 it's just that one transition. I like, granted, Man City away. Should you try it? That's an individual thing. That yeah. that's that's kind of. But the manager is empowering them all. Like it doesn't matter who we're playing. Doesn't matter where we are. We yeah. play our way. We play Angeball. We play this style of football. And I am telling you, if you think it's on, go for it, and I will back you. Yeah, it's not always going to work, but. You know, um, so in the second half, I think as the well, the Brian Gill off for Hoyerbjerg. Yeah. Now that surprised me completely that he did it. But okay, so that's, it that's interesting. Me. Why, the game why, why do you think, why, why were you surprised by that? Because I think we were messaging and you were kind of a little bit surprised. Yeah, no, but, like I'm, it didn't, it didn't shock me because I, I kind of felt Gill was in a, he had like two moments, but then was massively ineffective. Yeah, no, it was more the case of you bringing a centre midfielder on for a winger. But so then Kulisevsky Kulisevsky was... then went out to the wing and it kind of moved around a little bit. And then the Celso yeah. pushed further forward, which turned out it worked brilliantly because the Celso gets a goal and Kulisevsky scores off the wing. Yeah. Um, I, I think I commented to you, I think I sent you a message. Like, I liked the fact of the energy that Brian Gill brings to the squad. Yeah. And... I think there is such a good player in there. Yeah. And I'm desperate for him to break out and, and show it. Like, he doesn't yeah. clip. So I don't get me wrong. Like, the first goal wouldn't have happened without him. No. Like, no, the he's, turn he's, at the edge of the box and the ball out was brilliant. That, that, no, no, I completely agree with you on that. That was genuinely brilliant and I was really impressed. But other than that one moment, he in then has a ball, a ball go over the top and he gets pushed off it far too easy. So he needs to bulk a little bit, but I mean, just, 
I look but back there's... and think of like Luka Modric, for example. Luka yeah. Modric was a small, slight player, yeah. but technically brilliant. And now look at him, he's like 40 odd years old, Ballon d'Or winner and everything else. So I, um, David Silva at Man City. Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva now at Man City. You know, small, slight players that can make a big impact and do well. And yeah, I think Gil could be that sort of player for us. I've got no doubt the kid's talented, but there yeah. is definitely an aspect of when you are playing in those positions, you need to contribute. Yeah. And what, what I mean by that is it's not just because a lot of people look at the stats, goals and assists, but the, the stats, like if you're going data driven, you've got to be looking at the key passes, the attempted things, because yes. the player doing that, you, you increase your averages of getting assists and goals if they're doing the right things. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, a run of games and stuff like that, perhaps you will see that improve, but you also have to justify it. You know, yeah. you also have to take the shirt and go, right, this is my shirt now. Yeah. No one's taking this off me. Because you can't, you know, you can't just stick a player in and go, right, you're going to have 10 games no matter what. No, because, of course not. No, of course not. Because they might be shite. <laughs> and, yeah. And you look at the players who are like chomping at the bit, and there, there seems to be a real kind of squad harmony but also a very competitive edge to these players wanting the shirt wanting to be in the start and 11 wanting to contribute when they come on which is something we've not really had for a while like we've, no, been, I agree. we've had some decent players on the bench and then you see them come on you're like oh, what what are you doing do something yeah yeah and yet Ange is bringing like Hoybier came on in the second half now I've got a lot of problems with him uh, I think mostly around his concentration and the fact I watch him see players run off him and all he does is points and shouts and I'm like do your job and it wouldn't happen yeah um, but uh, yeah so look there's a personal thing I, I've spotted it too many times that it annoys me now lots of other people just point to all the positives and that's fine and look we can all watch the same game and have completely different opinions on the same stuff so that's just yeah. football but he came on and he really impressed me because he came on and really did a job of solidifying working hard being harassing, pressing higher up, which I, I think suits him a lot more. Okay, um, last season he was very top of, very near the top of my list of players that can go in the summer. Yeah. Um. Now we're like what 13, 14 games into a season. Yeah. And I'm like, he's to me now he is a fantastic squad player. Like the games yeah. he has played and he has come on. He's done some great stuff and he's coming off the bench. And like you say, he really solidified that midfield. Yeah. Him next to Basuma, you kind of looked at that and you went, now nah, that's solid. That's going to take some getting around. That's, yeah, you know, no, and it think... allowed Lacelso to push forward. And yeah, I mean, it allowed it, it other allowed... things to happen. And it's like, oh, okay. And it did allow, it did allow Lacelso to step forward and score. Uh, which made the game 2-2. It was a great goal again. That's two two in two games for Lachelso. He's never done he that before. When he previously scored one in 53 appearances. Um, so, yeah, Ange Ball, take a bow, son. I said at the beginning of the season, I said to you, Lachelso in this formation <laughs> could work. <laughs> we we also going to talk about the Ondombele redemption arc, or are we just going to forget that? Yeah, no, I did also genuinely think that that could happen. Um, but moving on, moving on. One out of two is not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? 
Wait um, for the Ryan Sessegnon. You wait. Hey, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Ryan, so... He's going to get I, uh, fit, and he's going to be a hell of a rotation option, left wing and left wing back. Like, full back. He is going to be phenomenal. Okay, you've heard it here first, everybody. I wasn't going to go that far, but Stefan's committed, so here we go. Off the bench. Uh, he's not a starting player. He'll be off the bench, but what an option. So yeah. the game went to 2-2, right? Yes. And I, again, have not messaged, and I get... Cheeky fuckers... Can't believe it's two two. We should be battering you. I replied with an emoji smiley. <laughs> should right. such a good word is should. Yeah. It then goes. It then goes to three two to them. Um, after the Basuma mistake, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, and it's always get... Jack Greenish, and it? it's always him against Spurs. No yeah. matter what team he plays for, he bloody yeah. always scores against us. Um. So I get back, uh, um, oh, where is it? Here we go. Uh, normal service resumed. I bet you thought you were going to get a point then, didn't you? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> right. Now, at this point, genuinely, I haven't seen this message because i got a few other things going on. I'm doing updates to the page and stuff, and I, I'm reading a few bits and pieces, so I haven't actually seen this. Yeah. I only see this message... When I've got another one which reads, I can't fucking believe it. That's just like that Kane goal. Oh, I feel sick. And I read that and I went, we must have equalised. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on a delay. So I look around and there comes Kula Sexy with a fucking header for the ages. Shoulder, yeah. head, whatever, I don't care. It goes in. Yeah. Um, and he does hits the LeBron celebration going mad. Um, the f- away fans go in the friggin' po- orgasm. I'm yeah. laughing my head off, and then of course, I think, well, it's the 90th minute in, in the game now. That probably means we got an hour left, so <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna celebrate. So, again, I just put back, um, now like the kind of shrugging shoulders emoji and a smiley again. It would appear that this is annoying, my friend. <laughs> who, who has now replied, yeah, you don't fucking deserve a point from today. Unbelievable exclamation mark. We then have what can only be called the incident. Um, oh my God. Yeah, I can only er- imagine your friend's reaction. Er- Erlen Haaland has been taken down, uh, but he banks straight back up like the Norse god that he is. He's a weeble, and clips- wobble, but don't fall down. Clips the ball over the top for a Jack Grealish to run onto it. The referee, seeing him get hacked down, goes to blow the whistle, seeing him banks back up, points to, okay, advantage, and plays on. Yeah. As the ball is played over the top, Grealish should run onto it. At this point, the referee blows the whistle for the free kick. Um, At this point, I think Manchester City fans, players, coaching staff, anyone associated with the club, have some sort of aneurysm (laughs) where... They absolutely lose their freaking minds. Um, Erling Haaland, for example, literally screaming at the referee in anger, which looks incredible because the guy's massive. He's a freaking unit. Yeah. So when he's like screaming at the referee, like, and there's a great picture of oh, it, which the people still have memed. Shot of it is hilarious. Yeah, people have memed the hell out of it, which is fun. Hang I it in the Louvre. I asked for braids, not plaits or something. It was the best one I saw. Oh, there, there's loads. Um, so 
let's, let's analyse this. <laughs> let's dive into this. Mate, if that happens against Tottenham, all of us are pissed off. There, oh, there's 100%. no two ways about it. Yeah. The referee's pointed advantage and then pulled it back, so you're going to be pissed. Yeah. The referee's explanation for me, like even if I'm pissed off and even if this was Tottenham, right, even if this was exact same scenario but the other way around, Sun is running onto it or whatever, I think you have to take on the chin as a human error and move the fuck on, right? Yeah. And this is this is why. His explanation is this. The ball, he was going to blow, saw him get up, played the advantage, but as the ball was played, from where he was... He thought Grealish was A, offside, because of where he was in front, and B, the Tottenham player was about to cut him off. Ben Davis had cut across. Yeah. So he blew his whistle because he didn't think it was an advantage. Because if he'd allowed the play to continue, which is what Man City are screaming at him for, let's say Grealish scores, the referee, and it's offside, the referee was right. That's a Tottenham free kick. He can't, he can't then bring that back and go, okay, there wasn't an advantage. It's not rugby, it's football. In rugby, yeah. you can let the play continue right to the end and then go, no, that wasn't an advantage and bring it all the way back. Football, advantage is instant and it's gone instantly as well. Yeah. So, like, if Grealish had fallen over his own feet, if he'd done anything, that's it. He can't do anything at that point. Yeah. If Ben Davis just took the ball away from him, he can't do anything at that point. The play has progressed and Man City would be pissed they didn't have a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> So it is a 50-50 split-second decision on him that he's decided, okay, that isn't an advantage. Now, from a Man City point of view, oh, if, yeah. if it was onside, which I've not actually seen, but I assume it must be, because if he was offside, people would be talking about that. Yeah. But assuming he was onside, yeah. assuming that Ben Davis doesn't tackle him, which if you look at it, he was right there. There's no reason to think he'd have got away from Ben. Jack Grealish isn't a speedster. No. He's not going to take that ball, knock it on, and just sprint out. Now, one of if two w- things was likely to happen. Either Royale is faster than him yep. and would have caught him up, or yep. Vicario, the, yep, the psycho yep. monkey goal, would have yep. been out of his box so quickly, yep. he would and have slide-tackled and taken out, take him out yep. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Now, look, there, there's a lot of scenarios in that, but the thing is, they're all what-ifs. Yeah. Grealish could have taken the ball on, beat everyone, scored. Grealish could have got an own, got to taken everyone out and got to an open goal and missed it. He could have skied it. He could have hit the post, yeah. the bar. Keeper could have saved it. Ta- defender could have tackled him. All of those are scenarios that were in play. Yeah. The referee in that split second went. There's no advantage. There's no clear advantage there. Bang. Free kick. That is your advantage. You deserve a free kick. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'd be pissed and annoyed. But I don't think it's any... Like, to me, like, you read some of the bullshit, like, come out of Arsenal and Liverpool about refereeing. Yeah. I, I kind of like the fact that Pep afterwards said, oh, I think it's an error. I quite like the fact Rodri said the words, it's a, I think I think it's an error, but the referee's human. We all make mistakes. Yeah. That is the reaction I think that should happen. That is, a, that is for me, a professional reaction that diffuses it. Don't get me wrong, a couple of others did lay into the referee, which I think is not right. Uh, and again, and I, I say this genuinely, sometimes shit's going to happen. It's going to be a mistake every now and again. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's malicious. Like, you, you're the rationale of why you did it, you work on the fact that he had a fraction of a second to make that decision based on what yeah. he could see. I mean, jeez. The fact he had a £25 bet on a draw. 
that's a side note. Side note. Yeah. Uh, that is a joke, by that the way. Joke, I just want to joking. really clarify yeah. that because people team to take shit like that really seriously at the moment. Uh, so yeah, Man City three, Tottenham three, absolutely mad. Um, I still can't quite get over that. Um, three defeats in a row where we struggled to take our chances, but generally created loads. We create four chances in that game and take three of them. I mean, yeah, <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> and it seems like um, the Celso's goal when he yeah. hit that at the edge of the box. I was kind of like, oh, oh really? Uh, as as he hit the shot. Oh, I thought it was goal straight away. I, I, I was dead happy with it. Oh, you know, see, I didn't. I think it's just because it's Edison in goal, and he is such a good goalkeeper. When he kind yeah. of shot from there, I was like, ah, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. Yeah, I always work on a theory: if you hit a shot low, hard, directed to one of the corners, you got a chance. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like yeah. You you are you are going to test a very good goalkeeper. I think and I if they're just slightly unsighted, they don't get their timing right ever so slightly, you and, and you're in. And the shot called from out wide yeah. into the corner. Like, I think I just had like the Lacelso of previous seasons where I was expecting it to go straight at the keeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dribbling yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that was good. Um. We did put an appeal out, as always, across our social media to fellow Tottenham fans for any topics or questions they'd like to hear on the podcast. Yes. I'm delighted to say um, the people of Facebook have responded, so let's see what they got. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. We have nothing from Instagram. No one on Instagram likes us. It's very upsetting. Um, oh, nothing emailed in. Nothing. Nothing on Twitter. It's purely fake. Only the Facebook people like us today. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't get to ask you the question. I just start. So uh, <laughs> Facebook. Yeah. First up, we have Barry Fowles, and Barry says, "Have you recovered yet? <laughs> uh, do you think? Do you think people have forgotten this was always going to be a transitional season because of our good start?" Reading some of the comments at half and full time when we conceded was bizarre. Seeing this brand of football at the lane is so refreshing. You have to back this team and manager and give them time. Uh, your thoughts? Um, yes, I agree. I think we had such a good start. People started talking about title challenges after seven games. And it was... Could a... we? Could we? Could, could we? we? Could. could it happen? I mean, it's, it's not likely, but but we could. But maybe... Um, Sorry, Karen. I mean, there was a couple of your podcasts were even named. We couldn't, could we? Maybe? Um, I mean, could we? we exactly. Could. Um, I mean, we're not going to, but we could. But we could, if possible. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the kind of thing. I think a lot of Spurs fans kind of kept the whole, it's early in the season. We're a couple of injuries away from it all going, oh, there it is. You know, it was one of those. Pessimistic bastards. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think realistically, we know it's a transitional period. I just yeah. think we're transitioning faster than anyone would have expected. I also think there's, a, there's an element of um, some people took it seriously. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of us joking around, could we? I mean, that was a running joke that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, we could could we? Yeah. yeah. It, it was stupid. It was funny. But I think a lot of people took that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, no, um, 
the the Leicester season was a complete nutty freak incident where other teams massively underperformed and they had no injuries of note. <laughs> like Yeah. To, for for all those stars to align again for someone else would be nutty. I mean, possible. It could, but no. <laughs> but it could. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. That was the joke. Uh, so, Barry, no, I, I agree with you. I think one or two people got carried away by that and have now got unrealistic expectations. I also think that um, there are certain fans on social media who don't actually follow a lot of the what's going on. They literally follow the results. Um, so what I mean by that is I got we got sent in a question the other day to the Facebook page. It was, why aren't Tottenham winning currently? And I replied, the nine injuries, the players not being available. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that's a genuine conversation. I can screenshot it for you. That's we have fans from all over the world. Nothing yeah. against that at all. Nothing against it at all. But if you are literally only following the results, yeah, you're going to be wondering what the hell. <laughs> um, yeah, we've just have, gone from have... these great, great results to, wait, we just lost to Wolves and Villa? What the heck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, whoa, what's happened? Yeah. Look at the team sheet, dude. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, so I think that, I think that's a factor when it comes to social yeah. media. You You do see those comments like that, and it is a real head-scratcher. It's taken me a long time to work out that just some people don't follow it to the degree I do. And I mean, the, the degree I do, geez, a lot of people don't follow it to that degree. I mean, degree, mate, you but... are my source. Like, I see a team sheet come out and I'm like, dude, what the hell happened to Eric Dyer? He got injured in yeah. training. Okay. Injured in training. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I was starting yeah. to worry. I thought he'd just like, you know, he'd turn around and slap hands or something <laughs> and go, no, I'm done. Yeah, I've, I've left. Um, so thank you, Barry. Appreciate the question. Uh, hopefully the answer is okay. James Campbell says, Hey Sam, has Brennan Johnson won you over yet? Nice shite. Brennan, Brennan Johnson, <laughs> Brennan Johnson. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for those who don't know, me and Stefan have a running thing over several players where I'm like, I really like them. And he's like, uh, and he's like, oh, I'm really happy about this. And I'm like, uh. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a tit for tat thing now. Where it's pretty <laughs> it, much purely based on me playing football manager for the last few years. But yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so look. So so Brennan Johnson's an interesting one, and I think a lot of people misunderstood me when I said I wasn't excited by the signing. No, no. You said he was shit. And you didn't want him to sign. I remember clearly. Um... No, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm fairly confident what I said, and please go back and check the tape. Was I don't know enough about it. Like we're signing him for a lot of money. For example, when we signed Richardson for sixty million, I've watched Richardson play in the Premier League for five or six years at Watford and then Everton. I know what that guy can do. I've seen it. I've I've played against. I've watched us play against him, and he's frustrated the life out of me doing these great things. And all of a sudden, you come out of nowhere and score, or roll around on the ground. I know what that player is. Brennan Johnson, I don't know. So my point is, I, I'm not excited by this because I don't really know what this guy is going to add. I I don't see it. Yeah. Now he's been with us for a little while. Now he picked up an injury, which was concerning, and I did make a joke to you about the fact that all he's done so far is one one assist and one hamstring. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it's now two he, assists has, and a hamstring. Has he won me over? I, I genuinely don't know yet, and this this is why, and this isn't me writing him off. Jeez, don't ever think that. 
this is me just saying right now I am seeing glimpses and I think, oh, okay, yeah, that's that was good. That was really good. And I think I've said to you a few times, like, oh, he just did this. I'm really, no, that was really good. Yeah. What I want to see is week in, week out, hitting a level. I'm not saying he has to be amazing every single time. No player is. But just I want to see that consistent impact on games. Yeah. Um, like he got the goal early against Wolves, vanished. Like that game, he then had zero impact on it. It was almost like, oh, I've scored. Whew. No, keep fucking going, kid. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we didn't play well as a team, so I'm not. So I'm certainly not berating him for that. Is that what Johnson I'm... was to blame for the Wolves defeat? Was that yeah? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Why not? Go on. Then. Yeah, go on. Then, if that's if that's. Go on in, go on in, bring it on. <laughs> okay. Um, but the thing that really impressed me against Man City, and this may be silly to a lot of people, but the kid the kid is quick, right? He is clearly fit. And one of the things that um, often when a game gets late, fatigue sets in and, you know, the cross is shit or, you know, the shot is limp, you know. Yeah. You're in, you're in the 90th minute or whatever. In the 90th minute, he had the ability to beat Carl Walker and stand up an incredible cross for Kulusevski to score. Yep. That impressed me. Um, that impressed me both for his clarity of thought in that situation, 3-2 down away at the Etihad, against a very solid keeper, defenders, like world-class players. He's a youngster. He'd have grown up watching Carl Walker. He'd oh, have yeah. grown up watching, watching these players. He'd know that you know, Vardy is rated as one of the best defenders in world football. You know, all of these his kids are football thrown through fanatic. Yep. It is very easy to get in your head. Very easy to feel knackered, fatigued. Maybe maybe try that one extra touch. Maybe, oh, I don't think I can get away from Carl Walker. He's quick. Maybe I'll just pass it backwards. He backed himself. He did it. He, got it. he put in a phenomenal cross. That kind of thing, I'm like, okay, that is where I'm taking notice. So has he yeah. won me over? Not not to the point that I'm like, I understand it now. Like, yeah. like right now, I'm still kind of, that was a lot of money to spend on a player. And that is contributing what I would expect others in the squad to contribute. Yeah. But, but, and this is key, he is showing signs of, okay, I, I see it. I can see why. I can see why sides are looking at him. I can see why we picked him up. He's classed his homegrown as well. Yeah. Okay, I get it. All right. So, so we'll see. Um, I genuinely think if Brian Gill doesn't impress this season, yeah, then Johnson will be the number eleven on his shirt next season, and Gill will be out the door, and Johnson will take over that position. Well, I, I, think. I think that's. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't. I don't see. Uh, yeah, uh, Brian's a very good, tidy player, but I don't think he's ever going to be suited to England, personally. Mm. Um, next up is Matthew Fleming. He says, which of the second-choice players, in air quotes, who have played since the Chelsea match have impressed you, maybe even changed your minds about their future at the club? The obvious one is Lachelso. Two great games, but don't. <laughs> but does that make him a good option long-term for the squad? Uh, okay, I'll put that to you first. Uh, pick out anyone. What are your thoughts? Um, I mentioned earlier Hoybjerg and the fact that I wasn't even gone last season. But actually, sorry, sorry, you mentioned who? Hoybjerg. Hoybjerg. Yeah, that one. 
Hoybier. Hoybier, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre. I, I mentioned Pierre. Yeah, I, I, um, I mentioned uh, Peter. <laughs> Pierre, yeah. I mentioned Peter Emil Hoybierg. Yeah. Um, Hoybier! Um, I mentioned him earlier about a player yeah. I wanted to sell last season. Yeah. And now I'm like, actually, fair play. But I'm going to stick with uh, Emerson Royale. Okay. He is a fullback, an out and out fullback. And he has been asked to play as a centre back. And you know what? Fair play to the bloke. He has done what has been asked of him. Yeah. He's not, don't get me wrong, he's not been up there like, you know, Ledley King standards or something like that. But he has come in and he has done a job for us. And I'm like, yeah, he has really quite impressed me. Just like, the attitude of the I'm going to do this and really help the team. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine any fullback has been told, you're going to play centre-back, and they've gone, oh, yay! You know, I, I don't think yeah. that's quite how it works. That's like a, a striker being told to go play centre-mid this week. You know, it's yeah. not going to be something that excites them or they particularly want to do. But no. he has done the job. and like He got thrown on against Chelsea at... Uh, a cent- as a centre-back, moved to centre-back when the sending-offs and injuries happened. Yeah. And didn't do bad against Chelsea. Uh, we can see the late goals. Um, and then he's played in a few games since then as the centre-back. And I think yeah. he's actually done pretty damn good. Um, okay. In terms of Geo, I think he's had a good couple of games. And yeah, I said pre-season. I think under Ange, he could be a very good rotation option with Madison. And yeah. he looks happy. Something I've not seen for a long time in England is him smiling. Yeah. And he genuinely looks happy. And I think that, I don't think you can underestimate how much of a difference playing football with a smile on your face makes. Yeah. Yeah, you look crazy if you smile the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like How to put a defender man, off, man. just smile. Constantly. I mean, it works. Just keep smiling at him. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, buddy. <laughs> he does a real bad tackle on you. Just get up and smile at him. Yeah. Yeah. I also saw Lachalso basically pick a fight with Haaland at the end, which I loved. Oh, um, the little Haaland, shoulder barge was amazing. <laughs> Haaland, like, storming off. He just drops his shoulder and he's ready to kick off. And Lachalso's like, well, bring it, bitch. Yeah. Um, There is something about Argentinian players <laughs> that Freaking have that mental. about them. Yeah. Which uh, which is just kind of, I don't know, it, it kind of suits me down the ground. Speaking of Argentinian players and having that about them, Eric Lamella at the weekend is ready to fight a Seville fan. Have you seen this? No. Some Seville fan shouts to him that he doesn't run and work hard enough for the team. So he turns around and shouts, say that to my face, you bitch. Oh, <laughs> oh it's, all, it's all on film. Go find it and oh, enjoy it. Oh no! Okay, no, monster. I did see this. Didn't he? He said something about his mother's a something. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes on. I stopped. Yeah. 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 No, Lamella really, really. Took I did see to that. that. I, I saw the end part of that where he's saying like, "Yeah, your mother's a something or another." Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "Wow, I, I, that's one of your uh, fans." <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, to be fair, you're gonna if you're gonna abuse Lamella for a lot of things, his work rate and effort isn't one Not he's gonna one take well. Come back to Spurs, Eric. Come back. Work with that. There are there are a few players like you mentioned Delhi and you sort of look at it and you think, Oh, you know, would love to have seen them play Ange ball. Yeah. You know, and Lamella under Ange 
there, there's an element there of Lamella coming on with like 20 minutes to go. The high naked. press just getting people. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. You've got Son down the middle. Yeah. You've got Kuliseski just behind him. And then you've got Lamella on one wing and Richarlison on the other. Can you can you can you imagine what he'd have done to Matty Cash? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like Matty Cash goes to the ground. You just see him stand on him. Oh, was he there? I didn't see him like he did the Wilshire. Remember that? Yeah, just stomped on him and then bloody did the same thing to Cesc Fabregas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, was that your hand? I didn't see. I didn't see you put. What did you put your hand yeah. under my boot for? Yeah. 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 Oh, Lamella, how I love you. Oh yeah. Um. So Tom Perk says, who is more likely to make it in the first team out of the youth prospect, youth prospects in the forward department? Oh. Scarlett, Parrott, Donnelly, Moore. Do any of them suit Ange's style of play? Youth. Um, Every player uh, he has just mentioned has yeah. got a phenomenal potential. Yeah. Um... I know we've got a few players out on loan and they're doing their thing. I know Scarlett's struggling a bit with playing time with the new manager. Mm. Uh, is it Mikey Moore? Is it Mikey? Yeah. Mikey yeah. Moore. Now, I've seen... A f- I mean, okay, I'm, I'm guilty. I have seen the typical YouTube highlight reel. And let's be honest, every player in the world can have a YouTube highlight reel which makes them look phenomenal. No, Neil Ruddock. No matter what, he looks shite. <laughs> but love, love you, Razor. The stuff I have seen of Mikey Moore, he looks yeah. a special talent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My my only thing is, I said the same thing about Alfie Devine and about Harvey White. And yeah. Harvey obviously left in the summer. Never quite getting to the first team level that's required to get on the bench and stuff and Alfie's currently out on loan and hopefully he will come back and, and have a part um, so I so again Scarlet we've seen him play he plays well I think with Ange Ball Captain Scarlet yep. <laughs> I think under Ange Ball they could all do really well um, of the players he's mentioned I'd say Parrot's probably the the one I'd have the most worries about if he was going to get in. How old do you think Troy Parrott is? He's only young, isn't he? He's in his early, tw- early 20s, he's got to be. Yeah, 21. 21, yeah. But he's been is around it... since Jose because he was the next Harry Kane. Yeah, he was 17 when yeah. he first started getting noticed by everybody. Um, So it feels like he must be in his early 30s by yeah. now. But, um, um, so I recorded a loan update, which will be on the show uh, in a bit. Uh, I pre-recorded it because of just the way things go. Yeah. Um, so I do actually talk about a couple of these players. But just to answer this question, Tom, um, there isn't one player in the academy that I do not think can that would not suit Angeball, Um Because younger players are far more mouldable, if that makes sense. Because the academy young system from the under-18s down is all about developing talent and all about creating players who are talented and encouraging that. Um, We lost sight of that for a couple of years, but we're back to that again now, and you can see the benefits of it straight away. You can see the the players that are coming through again, like Mikey Moore. 
who for me is the most naturally talented kid in the academy. I've seen St. Marcus Edwards. Um, he he has everything. Uh, he really does. So, do I think any of them can suit Annabelle? Yes. Do I think all of them will? No. Um, I think Troy Parrott's future is away from us now. Um, I think I have. I think we need to accept that. I think there are strikers in the academy, younger, hungrier, who are coming through ahead of him now. Um, and Dane Scarlett is now also at risk. He's been going out on loan for the last couple of seasons and hasn't developed. Um, and I, I say this with a lot of respect for Dane. Um, I think he is a good striker, but at first team level, he isn't hitting the consistency in terms of appearances and therefore goals. Uh, little niggling injuries haven't helped. And like you said, change of coaching, managers, you know, for a loan, that's a nightmare. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if perhaps we drop him down the League One in, in um, January, call him back and reloan him just to get games because that's what he needs. Yes. He needs first-team games. A lot of people point to loans and stuff and a lot of people forget um, the best example is Harry Kane. Harry Kane went on several loans, Leicester, Leighton Orient, Millwall. Yeah. He didn't hammer in goals. He wasn't a player on those loans scoring 10, 15, 20 goals a season. But he got minutes. He learned what it was to play football and what it means at the lower level, at first-team yeah. level. What it is to conduct yourself in that way. And it and it drove him. And it drove him to be better and better and better. That's what these loans need to be for these players. They need to look at that. And when they return to Tottenham and they train and they impress, and then they might get an opportunity. But right now, I, I don't see that enough's happening. Troy is scoring goals in Holland, but... He's not. He's not playing for one of the top sides, so he's not going to be getting like ten, twenty <laughs> opportunities no. a game. But he is taking them. He is scoring goals, which is good. Um, so yeah. So no. Uh, keep an eye. But Tom, there, there's a lot of players there. Um, the academy side, side in the FA Youth Cup went say, through yeah. last night. Five-one yeah, away at Brentford. Um, it was a tougher game than it sounds. But I got to be honest. I look at the starting lineup for that, and I'm like, there's not. There's not a name there that I recognise. Yeah. But I know, obviously, you know a lot more about Yeah, music. I watch them a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's there's a lot of players there um, that... Anshbal is now under-21s, under-18s. It is being played throughout the academy setup. Yeah. Um, the under-21s and the under-18s are both top of their leagues um, playing this way. So the players are playing this way... They're being coached this way. They are coming through the academy, and this is becoming the Tottenham way, which is what we all want. Yes. Um, okay, so Kieran Guy says, do you think the impact that Ange has made on the club will continue on for the rest of the season and see us take silverware this season? Um, no. <laughs> do I think it will continue? Yes. I think this is the way Ange plays. Um, I think... The players have bought in. I think the club and the fans have all bought in. Um, I don't see that changing at all. I think this would be a very entertaining season football-wise. Do I see us lifting a trophy? Uh, mate, that's such a difficult question because you can be the best team in the world and lose due to a dodgy penalty or something. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. We're not winning the league this season. Um, well, any, any thoughts of that went when the injuries kicked in and... Our squad depth was, you know, laughable. Yeah. Um, 
Are we going to add to the squad in January sufficiently that we can make top four? I hope so. I don't. I don't know. Um, because twenty years of ownership of Enoch, I've never seen them do it. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, well, they've bought loads of players and done this. Yeah, but it's never been at the time that it's been needed. You know, it's like Harry Redknapp. Oh, I got the chance to really challenge this season. I need a striker and a defender. Well, I got you, Louis Sahar, Ryan on loan, and I got you, Ryan Nelson at the back. Yeah, it. boy. Yeah, a loan and a free. Enjoy. Um, what a surprise we didn't achieve. Fuck all. Uh, so there's loads of examples of that. But, uh, I mean, I could, I could rattle them all off, but yeah. I won't, because it's depressing. Yes. But, so so my experience tells me that won't happen, uh, even though it should. My experience tells me it won't. So I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I've hoped I'm wrong for the last eight windows. <laughs> yeah. So we, we shall see. I mean, we've got um, what, Burnley in the FA Cup, which isn't an easy... No, the FA Cup means a lot to me, right? Yeah. And every year when we go out of it, I'm pissed because I felt like we've gone out of it through lack of effort, poor yeah. team selection, no real desire to go and win a damn trophy for too many years. Yeah. You know, when we, we, like we, we play a team and they're great. We go toe-to-toe and they win the game. I'm annoyed, but it's what it is. It's a cup competition. You lose a game, you're out. Yeah. I felt like we've gone out of a whimper too many. Like with the League Cup this year, we yeah. went out of a whimper. I know that when the panel is, and that's a 50 50, but if we'd fielded our strongest team, I genuinely believe we'd have won that game. Yeah. But we didn't. We mixed it up. We lost. Right. FA Cup, it's infinitely possible. Again, we could see a mix and match size. And I don't know about anyone else or anything, and I know in the modern game, FA Cup means shyst if you get top four because financial. And the players and the Champions League and all that is the be-all and end-all of modern football. Yeah. But for me, lifting the FA Cup is is special. Because when I grew up, it was special. It was a big deal. I remember like Saturday whether... match day. It was all on TV from like the morning. Yeah. 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 It's a big deal. And so to me, the FA Cup still means a lot. And I want us to win it. I want us to really go for it. Um, I hope Ange feels the same way. I hope he's allowed to feel that way and yeah. do that. I hope, whole other, I hope a whole he's other really pissed off about the League Cup exit and takes it out in the FA Cup. We shall see. So the next thing is David Littlefield. This is the last question. says, Why is it we don't play our talented youngsters? Many other Premier League clubs give their kids game time and many develop into great players. It seems something we are not prepared to do willingly. Why? Jamie Donnelly came on at the decky ad for the last few minutes of the game and was integrated into the squad. Yeah. Um, Phillips and Dorrington are in the... Okay, they're on the bench, but they are in with the first team training and developing. Phillips is injured, but... Yeah. um, Genuine question, David. You said that about um, other clubs are doing it and they're developing into great players genuinely get in touch with me and give me a list of those players and which clubs are doing it in the Premier League. I, I, I'm like, genuinely, I can't think of one I, this season. Uh, this season, I can't. I mean, in the past, you've had uh, Jacob Ramsey at Villa. He's just come back from an injury last season. He yeah. was kind of his breakout. And obviously the one everyone points yeah. to is Foden. That seems okay, to be the pr- one everyone goes to as an example. But yeah, in but recent I mean, that's, seasons, that's like, 
But like, like genuinely, when you say great player, Foden, yes. Foden yeah. is a great player that Pep nurtured, brought through slowly. Yeah. And yeah, makes perfect sense. But he nurtured him, brought him through slowly. Yes. Foden didn't suddenly get, play 30 games. Foden played 20 odd as a sub, 20 minutes here, five minutes there. Yeah. For what? Year after year. And he still was a rotation player now. Yeah. But he is a great player, 100%. The other guy you mentioned, I wouldn't call him great. He had a good season. Yeah. That doesn't make him a great player. I, I think the definition is possibly what I'm picking up on there as someone who's becoming a great player. Yeah. You look at the Man United Academy that came for all those years ago, the vast majority of them went on to become great players. The good old um, class of 92. Uh, uh, Harry Kane at Tottenham came through the academy, went on to become a world-class player. Uh, sort of like Beckham-esque in, in that regard of coming through the academy and going on to become world-class yeah. Um, but there's a lot of players who come through the academy at Tottenham who have gone on to have good careers in the Premier League. I wouldn't call them great. Uh, Andros Townsend has been a good Premier League player for a decade. Yeah. I wouldn't call him a great player. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like I'm being nitpicking here, but it's just kind of we have developed a high number of good football players at top top clubs. They've not all gone on to do it with us, but a lot of that, and I've said this before on a podcast, and I really mean it. A lot of that is down to our own fans. Our own fans have tore our own players to shreds and have eviscerated their confidence. I watched Harry Winks score for Leicester at the weekend, and he's the perfect example of that. Yep. Winks set the ball rolling and sprinted from his box on a break to score a tap-in at the other end. But he only ever passed backwards. But he only ever passes backwards. The one I'm really worried about at the moment is it seems to be Oliver Skip's turn. Yeah. Yeah, and Skippy I, I mean, is getting the, the ripped abuse. apart, and I'm like, "What yeah. for? Nothing." He hasn't had There's a bad actually game. no reason. If he was Oliviero Skippiaro, he'd be getting given a chance. But he's Oliver Skip, an unassuming kid from from London. Yeah, come through the academy, was head and shoulders the best player at his age group for England in in all through the academy system. He had a season in the championship alone at Norwich where he was raved about. They one loved of the best him. Players. One of the best players in the league that season. He picked up an injury, came up with Tottenham. He's had shite managers who have stalled his development. He has. That's Tottenham. The whole club has stalled. Yeah. He's now got a manager in Andrew who wants to play a certain way. Skip is a defensive midfielder. Does he suit Angeville? Not down to a T, no. Can he adapt and become that? Yeah. He has all the ability to do it. Yeah. Are we already seeing signs of it? Absolutely, we are. They scored a I brace watched... against Barcelona in pre-season playing Angeball. Yeah, I saw <laughs> Skip turn a guy and play the ball forward. I saw him take a ball off a Man City player, turn, beat one, and then play it forward again. Yeah. That's Angeball. That's Skip adapting and learning and growing as a player. Will Will he be first choice in that midfield currently? No. Do we have an abundance of midfielders in January due to AFCON? No. Do we need him? Yes. Should we slate him constantly? What the fuck is wrong with our fans? I don't get it. I, I genuinely yeah. don't get it. You're a supporter. Support him. What What benefit is it to you and to the team to slate him to the point the kid is no longer on social media? To the point that he doesn't interact anymore like he used to? Yeah. What What have you achieved? I've just destroyed the confidence of one of my players. Yay! Look at me. Aren't I good and clever? You're a fucking moron. 
we can all have opinions on players, absolutely. And we talk about it on this show, we talk about it in various things. Like, oh, so-and-so had a bad game, so-and-so did this. The level of abuse aimed at our academy players, I'm telling you now, is a reason they get protected. Yeah. There is a reason they don't just get thrown in like at other clubs. Because for whatever reason, I've said this, right, and I, and I genuinely believe it. I think Harry Kane was the best and the worst thing that ever happened to our academy. Yeah. It was the best because he's world class and every kid in the academy looks at him as an idol to emulate. Yep. It was the worst because every fan expects every kid out of the academy to be world class. The next Harry Kane. Oh, God, how many times yeah. have we heard that already? The next Harry Kane. Yeah. Oh, the poor, poor Jamie Donnelly. Yeah. That's all everyone says. Because he's a 10, because he is a playmaker and a goal scorer, the kid's, the kid's already branded with it. And, like, if he... And this is the thing, like, you know, he's coming on, he's getting those minutes. If Jamie Donnelly comes on and gives the ball away or does something, he's going to get eviscerated. Yeah. That does him, does us no good at all. No. So Ange is trying to manage these players well. And I know I know exactly what David's thinking. David, I don't know how old you are, mate, but you could be of a similar age as me, which is where these young players would get given a lot more time because they were only facing fans in the ground. The yeah. Young players now have social media and they read it and it destroys them. Like, like genuinely, it absolutely destroys them. I've had conversation and conversation with a lot of people who work with the academy kids. And one of the biggest things is like, yeah, you're all on social media, but try and friggin' avoid it. Do <laughs> like, not go home after a match and search yeah. on Twitter your name. No, no. Yeah. And, and that's, and, but I, I gotta be honest with you, I know my personality. I don't think I'd be strong enough. I really don't. No. I don't. I don't think mentally I could handle that amount of abuse from your own fans. I think getting it from opposition fans, you'd kind of laugh that off and shrug it off. Yeah. When it's people, when it's your own fans, there's something about that. It just feels innately personal. Was it like? Was it Van der Vaart that said he loved getting the stick off the opposition yeah. because it meant he was doing his job right? Exactly. The more shit yeah. he got from the stands and the more shit yeah. he got from players the better it yeah. was because he knew he was doing a good job. Yeah. But when you're getting it yeah. from your own fans, that's a completely different scenario. It's awful. It is awful. Um, so the reason why this show's on a Wednesday this week is because we actually have a game on a Thursday. Uh, we play Thursday and Sunday this weekend. Welcome to December, everybody. Um, <laughs> they are both home games. Um, West Ham United Thursday and Newcastle United on a Sunday. Big games. Uh, West Ham, yeah, I mean, every game <laughs> is yeah. like feels that way, but West Ham at home, um, their cup final, yep. We, we, <laughs> we know, we know that West Ham United can be shite, look like the most boring backwards team in the history of football, and then they play us and their players grow. It's fucking prime <laughs> they, Barcelona, they, yeah, yeah, they, like, they the become fuck? Pete Barcelona under David Moyes. It's ridiculous, and I don't know how they do it, but they do every freaking um, season. Yeah, here's, here's the thing, and this is the thing that I'm looking forward to, which is possibly a little bit silly. Is I have watched us play this negative counter attack shite for years against West Ham, and they've been picking up wins against us in points, yeah. There's every chance, due to our injuries and everything, they could beat us, right? There's every chance. Every team could beat us right now. That's, there's no two ways about it. I have to accept that. Yeah. 
But there's a part of me that knows with the way we play and the way we attack, we could also give them a fucking hiding. Oh. And my God, do they 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 deserve that from us? <laughs> like we owe them. Yeah, they're, they're, like there are certain teams. We've got Cootie yeah. back as well, haven't we? Mister Romero is returning. Now yes. I would um, like to just point out: last week you told me you told everyone that I didn't like him. I yes, I think Romero is a world class defender. Yeah, that's not you liking him. It, that's you in the same recognizing sense, his ability. The same sense as Mo Salah is a world class winger, or yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo is a world class striker. I can't can't stand those two. I can't yeah I can't stand the last two. But it's just the aggression with Kuta. That's all it is. I'm, I'm not saying he's a bad yeah. defender, and yeah. my God, we are a better team with him in it. Okay. And I just want to point out, I do agree, we are a lot better team with Romero in the starting eleven. Mm. I just hope that it's that was a, a one-off silly game and we're going to get the Romero from the start of the season because he was <laughs> genuinely world-class in those games. Oh, see, no, I don't want to do this again. One-off silly, no, no, we're not going to do it. I'm going to move on. <laughs> I, I, I meant, still out, I meant the red card out. was bullshit. I, I meant the kicking out at a player, not the yeah, not but, the but that, that yeah, that was silly. But yeah, 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 yeah fuck it. Right, anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So West Ham. Um. We owe them now. Another team we owe a fucking hide in is Newcastle because of course they they dish one out to us. Um. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Newcastle are a well coached, well drilled team uh, nowadays. They are like um, us though. A lot of injuries. They've just lost Pope for four months. Apparently they're signing De Gea to replace him. What a I don't know about anyone else. Yeah, well, I don't know about anyone else, but with Man United struggling, their keeper making errors every week. If De Gea comes into Newcastle and pulls off any world, is it? I mean, oh, I against us, please be shite. But yeah. if he if Newcastle versus Man United, could you just imagine? <laughs> oh my we, god! We imagine the, the Man United yeah. fans watching him. Oh. There is something about that that really appeals to me. I just I want everybody to know. We just need know. the paperwork to be signed just too late for Sunday's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so both of those games are going to be good. Um, Ange Ball in full effect. Newcastle will play their way, so that'll be open for us. West Ham, I think, might try and sit off us a bit because of Ange Ball, yeah. um, which means it could be a bit tougher. They're going to try and hit us on the counter. And, of course, our defence isn't the best in the world right now. Uh, it probably will be Davis and Romero, I guess. Um, it's not bad. So I don't know. It's not bad, but there's no pace there. My, yeah. my point is the reason why Emerson Royale's been getting picked over Dyer is if we're playing a high line, you need someone with pace. Yep. So when you play Romero, you need Van de Ven, if that makes sense. Romero so, and Royale. No, 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 please no. That would be an that's too, that's No, that's too South American. That is just asking for a punch-up. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Between the two um, of them or with someone else? <laughs> both, at the same time. I think they would hit each other and everyone near them. Yeah. No, that's that's far too... No, that's far too... No, absolutely not. I just want to say this because I didn't get to say it last week, but then everyone, everyone's seen the picture of Bensincourt going off injured and QT Romero staring a fucking hole into Matty Cash. Oh, God, yeah. The journalist who got that picture, wow, you know, picture speed say a thousand words. Oh my god. That look is just absolute anger. Like there is absolute because I mean he, he's close with Bensincor. So I think seeing him go off injured, 
Paddy Power put a tweet out, which I think I said, yeah. um, basically along the lines of, we will not be taking any bets on a Romero red card against Aston Villa. What, there what is, made me laugh I, is that Romero had crunched Benton Court, like what? Four days earlier, you're a quiet yeah, yeah, international. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when he's playing against himself. him. That's different. Yeah. yeah, that's different. Yeah, we're playing against each other. I will murder you again, Ted Lasso. You're not amigos anymore. You are my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, everyone. Uh, I mentioned I did a pre-record loan update. Uh, here it is. Now it's time for the loan update. I always said I'd do this like once a month, so apologies because I think it's the first one I've done this season. <laughs> so, oops. Um, so we have a lot of players out on loan. Um, some, as we know, are for development purposes. Uh, younger players trying to trying to find their way. Um, others to try and play themselves in the form, perhaps come back and make an impact on the squad. Others to try and find a new home. Um. We'll start with, uh, we've got a pair of players at Leeds. Uh, Jed Spence has mostly been injured since arriving, so very little to talk about there. However, he is back now in contention, so hopefully get a run of games and we can see see some of his form there. Joe Roden at Leeds is playing well. Um, seems to be from uh, both pundit, journalist um, and fan feedback to be doing very well. Uh, every possibility leads are going to look to make that a permanent deal. Whether that's promotion dependent, who knows? So keep an eye on that one. Uh, over in Holland, Troy Para is scoring goals for Excelsior. Um, they're not a uh, top top side that are just going to create loads of chances. So he's not barreling one or two goals a week, but he is he is amongst the goals. Um, some very impressive ones as well. Uh, I'm starting to feel with Troy, this is possibly shop window. Um, He, at academy level, is a class above. He needs to be playing first-team football. I don't think that's going to be with us now, unfortunately. Uh, He's 21. I think uh, a championship club, possibly, Dutch club, someone in another league, will be looking to sign him, I think. That's just my opinion. Alfie Devine at Port Vale getting loads of minutes, uh, really playing good football. Um, the fans love him. Um, he is is working out to be a really good loan. That if you get the opportunity, look in on him for there. Dane Scarlett at Ipswich, not seeing a lot. Uh, picked up a couple of knocks. Um, did get did get a couple of goals early on, but again, um, keep an eye on that one. I, I think. With a run of games, uh, Dane's got it about him where, where he could get in amongst the goals and really really sort of catch fire with that. Uh, Jaffa Tanganga is over in Augsburg in the Bundesliga. Not played any minutes. Uh, there's a strong rumour we're going to be bringing him back in January. Whether that's to loan him out again or whether that's to actually add another central defender to our squad. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Regulon at Man United, uh, very much a shop window loan. Um, uh, big Ange worked with him all through the summer and clearly decided he wasn't going to be able to play Ange ball. Uh, Regulon has done well at Man United, uh, but that club's in such turmoil with the coach and the players. No clue where that's going to go. 
Uh, be interesting to see what happens in January because there is a, a Man United basically brought him in as a loan due to injuries. Those players are coming back, and there is like a break clause in January, so keep an eye on that one. Uh, Tangi Undumbele at Galatasaray. I mean, what a what a nightmare this is. Uh, Tangi, if you read some of the Turkish press stories around him in Galatasaray, it is, I mean, everything from. Uh, arriving overweight and unfit, um, not doing what their coaches have asked him to do to then get fit, um, to skipping team bonding things, uh, being paparazzi, if you like, or being pictured out and about eating, drinking at different restaurants and cafes when he's supposed to be dropping weight, etc. Galatasaray coach branded him the most unprofessional footballer he's ever worked with. There is, again... Every possibility Tangi is coming back to Tottenham in January when the loan... I mean, they've got an option to buy him. It's not even... Uh, we're not that far into December. And their president, if you like, has gone publicly to say, not a chance in hell. So, yeah. The Tangi situation rumbles on. Uh, that, ladies and gents, is the loan update... I will try and keep it more up to date and come back to you and talk about it more. I promise. I mean, maybe next year. There we go. That was the loan update. Quick and... Nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Thank you. In and out, as is my sex life. Um, So, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, That is our show for this week. We will be back next week to hopefully talk about uh, two very impressive victories, we hope. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, well, at least let's talk about Angel. I'll be happy. Yeah, I'll be happy if we're talking about Angel. We'll definitely, yeah. we'll definitely be doing that. Uh, but until then, everybody, you all take care. And come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description. 